The Prep Sports Weekly Podcast is your official podcast and home for exclusive interviews and conversations with administrators, coaches, student-athletes, and more of the St. Joseph Athletic Department. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Prep Sports Weekly on this Friday, February 19th of 2021. As always, I'm your host, John Luzzi, coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin once again. And my co-host, Coach Anthony Vellucci, is off this week as Coach had a few baseball obligations to attend to with the baseball season just around the corner. But... Before we jump into our spotlight segment this week, a little bit housekeeping uh, and few updates. All prep sports, uh, winter sports are in session right now and off to a great start. Make sure to follow WSJP at SJP Broadcasting as well as SJ Prep underscore sports for updates, scores, uh, stats from every game, as well as the broadcast information. WSJP doing a great job with both radio and radio and video content this year for the broadcast as but we jump into our spotlight segment and that is prep swimming head coach dan caning an alum of the prep and here is my pre-recorded interview with the head coach of the prep swimming team we are now joined by the head coach of saint joe's prep swimming swimming dan caning uh coach thanks for being here no thank thank you very much for having me excited to be on the podcast uh, so a little bit, we'll start off as we normally do in our coaches series, uh, a little bit of a background information. You went to the prep, you were an ASC, a member at the prep, and you're now teaching and now you're still coaching at the prep. So what does the prep mean to you as a whole? You have a lot of perspectives about uh, mother prep. Definitely. Yeah. So, right. I, I've seen it from the student level. I've, I see it from the alumni side. I saw it from the volunteering side with ASC see it from the teaching side, see it from the coaching side. Um, so you see all the good and you see everything, I wouldn't say the bad, but all the things, right, that you want to change to make it even better. Um, so some, I, I like to joke around in class. Sometimes I put on my teacher hat. Sometimes I put on my coaching hat. I take them on and off all the time. Um, but obviously, you know, I, I love the place. I live just a few blocks away from it now. Um, so that just means morning practices are returning next year, hopefully, when we <laughs> return to some more normalcy. So I sort of the swimmers will love that. But, um, but no, the prep has given me so much um, rooted in the Jesuit education. Um, and I do think the five grad grad principles that I do start off my class with in our prayer, um, that open to growth, intellectually competent, um, religious, loving, committed to doing justice. I think it's just a great basis for anything you want to do in life, whether it's, you know, on the spiritual religious side or whether it's, you know, non-religious going into business, engineering nursing, medical field, whatever you want to do coming out of the prep. I think that's a great place to start those five grad, grad principles. Mr. Fien would do it. Yeah. So we do the hand motions. We do. So we go open to growth, yeah. religious, loving that everyone loves that committed to do. Yeah. It. I was just about, I was going to say, I, I was thinking of that. And I when you said that there coach, I was like, man, just bringing back me back to the time. There, there you go. I took and, and for the record, I got his blessing to do it. I had oh, that. you got to have his blessing. You got to get his blessing there. But uh, exactly, you can't can't just steal anything. I had to get his um had to get his approval before taking that. When you were at the prep, you were a part of the swim team. Um, obviously, you're in a different role right now. But what made you fall in love with just getting into the pool, a mentor possibly, or maybe even an athlete uh, at Olympic level, or even somebody that you know as a teammate? 
Yeah, so it's actually a pretty funny story how I started swimming because growing up, I hated the sport of swimming. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. You can cut this if you want. But um, so I swam for Orland Swim Club uh, right in Montgomery County, sort of right in uh, Springfield, Upper Dublin side. And um, I, I knew I was never the best swimmer. I, I never was. I was never the fastest. But I would see all these kids win these awards at the end of the year. So I said, you know, you know, I, I want to win one of these awards one mm -hmm. year. So I put my eyesight on the most improved award. So I'm like, oh, I can do that. Right. Just improve the time. So about for four straight years and with summer swimming, oftentimes the coaches change so they don't necessarily know the kids every single year, a lot of turnover. So I would start off purposely terrible. Like I would almost drown at certain times, like during the beginning practices. Then by the end, I'm dropping like minutes in a 50 yard freestyle, which is just ridiculous. It should never happen. So I won that award about four years in a row um, because I would, I wanted to win the award. And by the fourth time, my parents made me actually return the award. I got lectured by my mom and dad for stealing it from someone who was much more deserving of it. But um, so that was my early, early background in swimming, quite resentful of the sport and saying like, I'm just going to use it for my own advantage to win a, win a trophy at the end of the year. But coming to the prep, uh, I was the only one from my grade school, St. Bert near I to come to the prep. So I was, went to school in big LaSalle territory. So it was a big scenario of sort of finding my footing. I had a couple of friends from uh, pre, uh, pre eighth, the pre eighth program, mm -hmm. the summer program. And one of the good ones, uh, one of my good friends was Bill Gormley and another one was Connor Mays, both of which were trying out for swimming. My older brother was also on the swim team, Tim. Um, so I said, you know what, why not give this a shot? I have Mr. Marcy, Paul Marcy in class. I like him as a teacher, see it, uh, have him as a coach as well. And ever since I started that first preseason practice, enjoyed the workouts, um, didn't technically make the team the first year as a full swimmer. I was like a swimmer slash manager. Um, so I got to swim in about half or so, the meets a little over half. And then I did a lot of the manager stuff on the side as well. Um, then sort of worked my way up eventually by senior year of varsity letters swimming in districts um never never standing up on the block as a top six guy but, but you know scoring some points for the team and it was just really proud of that um so that that was sort of my high school swimming sorry if i'm talking too much no you're good and that's a really cool story and you brought up the next question as somebody like me as you know i we you were ASC during my senior year. We'll get into that a little bit, but I come a prep come from a prep family as well. I got a, two brothers still there. I got a cousin, my uncle, and my dad went there. So for you, what was that just like of going to the same school as your brothers and continuing the trend of making sure you get a, a judge, not only a Jesuit education, but an education from the prep? Mm, great question. Um, oftentimes when people say great question, they're always thinking of what's my response next. It's buying you time. Classic interview response there. Um, my first month or so at the prep, I, I truly did not enjoy it at all. Um, I was like, I was resentful with swimming in my early years. I was pretty resentful of actually coming down to the prep, had struggled making some friends. Um, saw all my friends at LaSalle who got to see each other every day. And it was just like, why, why did well, Tim, why did you choose to come to the prep mom and dad? Why did you make me follow Tim's footsteps here? And I, I really do believe that finding swimming, finding the core group was the reason why I began to fall in love with all the other aspects of the prep. Um, and I preach that to my students in class. I say like, look, obviously academics is huge. It's hugely important, right? I'm a teacher first and a coach second. That's what I do to so tell people. Um, but to get the full prep experience, I do think you have to get involved in whatever 
aspect you want to get involved in, right? It doesn't have to be the athletic side. It can be Cape and Sword. It can be forensics, mock trial, all the different aspects that you want to get involved. But you're going to meet people. You're going to come in contact with teachers, moderators, coaches that you normally wouldn't form those connections. And heck, I'm still talking to assistant coaches that I had, talking to guys that, you know, swim friends, still swim group chat that we'll talk about all the time. So I do think getting involved is just probably true at all schools, right? But I know especially true at the prep where kids do come from the number of zip codes that admissions tells. I don't know, but so many different zip codes from so many different areas. A lot of kids are in my scenario where, hey, maybe they know a couple guys, maybe the guys they came with they weren't best friends with. And it's like, now's your chance to sort of start anew a bit here at 17th and Gerard. And going into, I hinted a little bit there, but you were a member of the Alumni Service Corps uh, group uh, during the school year of 2018-19. I obviously was a part of that uh, as a student, so we know each other from that. But why was it important for you to come back um, to the prep to give a little service back? But um, And what was the, the experience like for you as a whole? Great, great question. There I go again. Uh, so my senior senior year at Penn State, so I was up at Penn State main campus, and my end of go even further back into sophomore year ended up switching majors actually out of engineering into more biology based and at that time I started uh, being a teaching assistant for this one physiology lab and I sort of fell in love with the teaching aspect the interacting with students aspect being the classroom like the enthusiasm the energy in the classroom I sort of fell in love with that position where I was looking forward to that more than just you know going to class it's sort of being in the interactive environment. So my thought process was a sort of, I sort of, I'm thinking about going into this teaching field, I'm thinking about going into education, but I didn't want to necessarily put the full foot in in college. I didn't want to go just straight education major. So I ended up getting a degree, bachelor's of science in just the college of science. And my thought process was come back to the prep, place that I enjoyed so much, you know, do the year service, hopefully get chosen, which I luckily was to do the science teaching portion get a little bit of experience in the classroom and sort of see, hey, is this truly something that I wanted to do for the next 5, 10, 15, 20, et cetera. Here I am <laughs> three years later, hopefully for the next 30 years, still here teaching. Um, and I, right in the classroom, uh, sort of the mentee to uh, Brian Martin, who's uh, who's been an excellent role model. Um, and it, it was the greatest experience I could ever had. I wholeheartedly recommend it um, to anyone considering it uh, for, uh, for, for guys that are think, considering it, that are thinking about it, I definitely recommend it. Um, and I do want to also thank the, uh, the ASC guys that I was with that year. Um, if I want to give them, can I give them shout outs? On the yeah, podcast? go right ahead. That was, that was the next question. So we'll go, let's go right there. Uh, all right. So we'll go uh, Charlie Van Kula, Tony Girardi, Jameson Wellman, Dan Egan, uh, Alec Powell, and Paul Macri. All right. Those guys were a huge support system for everyone in that house. We lived just right across the street. Um, we were a great support system to each other, especially, right, a lot of guys took on a lot of different roles, like mm -hmm. first-year coach for myself. Um, Tony, Charlie helped out with the shows. Tony helped with um, track and field. Egan helped out with the shows. E, uh, Wellman with rugby. Um, Macri with baseball. It was just everyone had their foot in different areas, and right? And everyone's, like, mm -hmm. questioning, you know, is, is this – am I the best person for this job, right? I'm just coming out of college. Is someone maybe better than me? And this – it was, like, just a really good – um, I'm going to say, say it again, support system, but also everyone had each other's back. It was, it was just a perfect year in that sense. That's awesome. And you hear that a lot from uh, the people that are 
able to partake in the program. But you do mention in that year, not only were you learning to become a teacher in science with Mr. Martin, but an opportunity came up for you to be the prep swimming coach uh, with Mr. Morrissey. What was that like for you from going from former athlete to alum now back to coaching in the same program? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so that story is, it's a little bit funny to tell because it started off as the uh, old assistant or not assistant, but the old athletic director, Dennis Hart, mm-hmm. who you, you know, quite well. Yep. Um, he reached out to me very beginning. It was like mid September and said, Hey, you know, we don't have a head coach yet. Um, I know in your interview, you mentioned wanting to get involved with the swim program. Would you mind start sort of taking the lead with mm-hmm. the preseason workouts? And I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, I can go back back to the old noggin, think up some uh, swim workouts. I know how to open the door. Um, you know, I know how to make sure they end up at the right side of the pool and all that jazz. So I'm like, I could do this. And then a couple of weeks go by. It's like, Hey, you know, we still haven't found a coach. What if you're just the assistant coach? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll take that title. It's just a title. We'll go with it. Then assistant coach slowly became interim coach. Then interim coach became, Hey, here you go. You're, you're the head coach now. Um, so it was a quick progression um, by all means. But it, it was definitely uh, aided in the fact that I did have Paul Marcy come back to help me. Um, without Mr. Marcy, without Paul, that year would not have been as successful as it was. And I 100% agree with that. He was just like Martin was the mentor in the classroom. He was the mentor on the pool deck. And it wasn't just how to write the best swim practice, right? Because I'm sure the coaches on here have already talked about how a large part of coaching isn't the actual mm-hmm. sport itself, right? It's learning to manage relationships on the team, relationships between coach and athlete, basically saying, what's the best I can get out of a guy? How can I help him reach that greatest potential? And everyone has different potentials, whether it's, um, you know, academic or uh, athletically. Um, so he was, he was extremely helpful. So I'm extremely grateful for him coming back for that first year. Did you ever see your co- see yourself becoming a coach? Uh, and Or is this something that you came on the fly and opportunities came and you kept on just growing in the role and you had your mentor, like you mentioned just now, but did you ever see yourself as a coach? Uh, not, not really. The second scenario that you described sounds a lot more, uh, a lot more factual than the first <laughs> one. Uh, I have uh, back one before COVID, right? And people could visit the school and practices and stuff. A few uh, swim alumni would stop by our Christmas break practices. And those are usually pretty, mm-hmm. pretty tough practices. They're two a days where we do about two or two and a half hours of swimming, followed by an hour of dry land, about an hour for lunch, then another hour and a half, two hours in the pool. So it's not an easy day by any means. And uh, I had a couple of fr- old friends stop by um, as practice was going on. They're like, who, who are you? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, weren't you the guy trying to hide from a workout in lane three just four years ago? What, what have you become? I'm like, oh, now that I'm on this side, I'm this flip has been switched. Um, but I, I think sort of, so it's funny to say, but I think almost thinking back to who I was as a swimmer and sort of realizing that I probably did have, I'm going to say I was the best swimmer by any means because I was not, mm-hmm. but a little bit of missed potential and a little bit of man, if I just took that a little more seriously, it's like maybe if I worked a little bit harder in the preseason, like maybe I could have progressed a little more. So I think almost missing out on that gives me that gives me a little bit of energy to like, hey, don't don't do what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it sort of gives me a little bit of foresight to try and help the guys that are sort of teetering on that. Like I've never really maybe thought of myself as a true athlete to saying like, no, you are, and you're going to score us point at, points at districts. Mm-hmm. You're going to break a time that you never thought you could. Um, so I do think that background has helped a little bit, or at least that's how, that's how I tell myself. So I can <laughs> sleep that <at> night. <laughs> You are in a unique position at the prep as a coach. You're one of the few coaches who are also teachers. Um, and you have that interaction of the student and and, and the student uh, in the classroom and the student at the respected sports facility uh, of that sport. What has that been like for you to grow relationships with maybe perhaps you, not just your, your student athletes, but student athletes at the prep as a whole? It's, it definitely, you, you have an appreciation for both sides. Um, you realize the amount of work that it takes for them to be the successful athletes that they are. And then when you're on the pool deck and a kid comes up and says, hey, sorry, I was 50, I was meeting with a teacher. You have the appreciation for, hey, that Latin test coming up tomorrow is extremely difficult. And that is likely more important than anything going on in the pool. Um, so having the appreciation for both sides, um, I think is a, is a benefit to being a teacher and a coach while in the building. Um, and then, right. It's also just convenience too. Um, being able to during a free period, meet with a swimmer and talk about swimming. Um, and then also after school, having the swim practice on one side of the whiteboard and just recently going over transcription translation and the central dogma of molecular biology with the kid on the other side. So it's right. It's, it, there's benefits on both ends where like when, if I have free time, a little free time in the middle of the day, I can focus on the swim practice or the meet coming up later that day, get a lineup ready, get it printed. And then on the other side, it's, you know, going over biology notes, physical sign notes on the uh, pool deck. So uh, the two definitely being, being a teacher and being a coach in the building is definitely a benefit in my eyes. We'll flip into this season, obviously a season like no other. Um, what has that been like for as a leader of the program, but for the program itself, uh, just to get through the COVID and and have a season, uh, it, which is a season that is a great opportunity to just get rid of everything that's going on in the world. It's yeah, that has been ex- extremely difficult. Um, I think I think we've done well with what we could do, right? But it it is really hard where it is one of those sports where you do need that time to just put in the work, put in the laps, break down the body for November up until end of January, where you're putting in 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 yards or so in the pool. And these guys are literally physically broken down. And then in the final two weeks, you start to taper off and you drop the yardage, muscle rebuilds, they feel strong again for the first time in months. And then hopefully they knock it out PCLs and districts. That's the whole goal. And right. That was completely slashed this year. Um, it's, I like to say the best way you can get better at swimming is swim, right? You, you could take a great athlete in any other sport, toss them in a pool and it's going to be pure entertainment to watch them try and swim. <laughs> um, and guys laugh when I say that in class. That's why I say swimming is the greatest sport that everyone, everyone gets a chuckle, but uh, that's a teacher joke there. All right. You got to, got to go with the dad jokes, but uh, it, it was so hard this year, right? Because we weren't allowed in the pool from like mid November on. And it was a real shame because we were having a, a magnificent preseason. We got okay to get back in the pool with limited numbers in early October. We had strong turnout. We had guys hitting times. We were hitting max yards that we've ever had in the preseason. Everything was looking up. 
And then boom, the shutdown, boom, the fully virtual. Mm-hmm. We're back January 1st. Oh, now January 14th, right? And everything just got pushed, pushed, pushed. And you can only send so many dry land workouts. You can only do so many Zoom meetings, right? But we have to get back in that pool. And so when we did get back, the, the, the most important part, I think, this year has been managing expectations because it's really easy for a guy that's been in the pool for two years. Now they're a junior. They've been an established swimmer. They know their times. And all of a sudden, they're not hitting them or they're behind what they thought they would be from a previous year. And it's you can't let them get discouraged on that because, right, the, the obstacles are up against them right now. But it's all about focusing on um, an, an attainable goal. Um, and that's, that's been really tough. We had four meets in eight days, um, which, is, which is crazy to say. Usually we'd have about seven, eight, nine meets over the span of two, two and a half months. Um, so everything is super condensed and it's really hard to say like from meet one to meet four within seven days, like if you want to see a time drop, it's going to be really tough to see that. So, um, something that we've been preaching is just controlling what you can control. We had the old, um, Scranton coach who was, um, the old coach of our current assistant coach, Patrick McKenzie up at Scranton, um, talked to the team over zoom a couple weeks ago. And he said, something to the effect, which I thought was very pertinent was just control what you can control, right? You can't control the weather. We've had snow. We've missed practice because of snow. We can't control COVID. We had a few guys missed due to just having to quarantine due to circumstances, right? But you can, when you're there, show up to the pool deck on time, start stretching on time, see a set, get after a set, take a short break, then get right back into it, right? Control everything that you can, and then just let everything else on the outside go. So that's that's sort of been what we've been up to this year. That's awesome, and um, and everything uh, going through it's just an opportunity to compete. Even if you have one meet, I think that's the biggest uh, victory for any team. But as we get closer to the end of this interview and the spotlight segment, I can't go without asking and talking about your ping pong skills. <laughs> I've done research, and you've been a, you're a little bit of a ping pong king. Uh, ping pong, the second greatest sport, right behind swimming. <laughs> How what was what's that been like for you? Obviously, you can't do it right now, but as an ASC, you you brought it back uh, during the community period. But I rumor has it uh, you you showed up to math class a little bit, a uh, little with a little drip of sweat uh, before <laughs> the time. You uh, you you did you did your uh, your reporting. I I feel like I <laughs> feel like I've been uh, someone's been giving away the secrets or the old stories. <laughs> yeah, so that. That would have been my senior year. I showed up to Mr. Kravitz math class, last period dripping in sweat. And he'd say like, Koenig, stop playing basketball before my class. And I'm like, it's not basketball, it's ping pong. And he'd go, even worse. <laughs> but uh, no, ping, ping pong is probably my true love. Uh, we grew up with a table, grew up with three brothers. We were all two years apart. My dad's an actuary, that's the joke. And so we always had people to play against and it was uh, extremely competitive. There were holes in our basement walls growing up because of ping pong. Um, we would try and cover them with the posters. The mom and dad would find them a few months later. We'd all get yelled at, but it was extremely competitive. Um, and so I think that competitive nature pushed me to try and try and be the greatest ping pong player ever. Uh, currently holding on to the super pong trophy from a couple of years ago. Yeah. So the question is, can I call myself a two-year reigning Super Pong champ? I don't know, since we didn't have one last spring. Um, you sure as hell that know that I do call myself that in class, at least. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> but uh, 
no, it makes for fun. And I think this year, um, running the ping pong and billiards club during the community periods is super beneficial um, for giving guys an outlet. That's something inter- giving them a chance to interact with friends in the building. While right, ping pong is easy to keep distancing, keeping a mask on. Every, like every all the restrictions mm-hmm. can be followed, but it is just a way to be with friends, make those friendships, getting involved. And um, I think right, they're only in school for two days max a week. Um, so I, I I think it's a great I think it's a great thing. Well, I hope uh, we'll see a little bit of a revenge tour uh, come when we're, and we'll have the entire WSJP guys a live stream then. I, I'll, yeah. I'll buy tickets for that for sure. But, Coach, I'm, thanks so I'm much. I'm getting a little oh, nervous. No. There's some real talent that I'm seeing in community. Oh, wow. I'm a little, there's some freshmen. They're, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, Coach, thanks so much for coming on. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for Coach Koenig for joining us here on the Spotlight segment for this week's episode of Prep Sports Weekly. It's great to see him come back to the prep and continue uh, just impacting both the guys on the, uh, at the on the swim team as well inside the classroom. A great guy for sure. And that'll about do it for us here on this episode of Prep Sports Weekly. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SJPrep underscore sports for latest scores, stats, and updates of all prep sports as well as all the content for our own podcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify at Prep Sports Weekly. So, for Coach Dan Kading, I'm John Leasy signing off this on this week's episode of Prep Sports Weekly. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Have a great night, and remember, the Hawk will never die. Go Prep.